welcome to the really useful podcast. How are you doing? I'm Christian Corley. With me is Megan Ellis. Hey, Megan. Hey, how you doing? I'm I'm good. And uh, I I mean, we've got a lot to get through this week, and we're going to be hearing a little bit from you shortly. But I mean, what we always do, we always call this on Monday morning, and we rarely find out what happened at the weekend for people. So have you had a good weekend? I had an uneventful weekend, but um, uh, it was after quite a busy week of um, visiting different events and that kind of thing in yourself. Um, hang on. Uh, yes, we went to a... Uh, yeah, to, to try and remember what happened um, before 6.30am <laughs> before this morning. We went to a uh, local country show and, and bought crafty stuff and... Yeah, you know, uh, the odd bit of artisan food for uh, for put away for Christmas and gifts for Christmas. Not not an awful lot, but uh, yeah, we basically did that. And uh, yeah, but anyway, let us move on. This is the really useful podcast, the tech podcast for technophobes. We bring you a weekly selection of useful news and tips and tricks to enhance your productivity and improve your understanding of technology. We're not for other tech journalists to listen to we're certainly not for the tech industry to listen to we are for the people if you like (laughs) and in this week's show we'll be hearing about the huawei mate 30 launch how websites hacked iphones possibly yours how you can get a free grand theft auto game from rockstar and the shutdown of movie pass and a new feat uh, a new um show that uh, Netflix has lined up for you. Uh, I'll also be looking at some tips for you, some fascinating YouTube channels to improve education, some things you didn't know about Instagram, mainly around the privacy area, and some discounts you can get simply by having a .edu email address. So let's kick this off. Megan Ellis, you have them. My 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 tongue. <laughs> Got stuck between my teeth. <laughs> Let's carry on. Megan Ellis, you have some things to tell us about the Huawei Mate 30 launch. Yes. So it, it was a very interesting launch uh, led by the Huawei CEO, Richard Yu. And um, basically just a huge overview of what they've got in line with their Mate 30 and the Mate 30 Pro. And it's a stellar looking smartphone, but one that has the cloud of the whole Android blacklist and US blacklist over it. So um, that topic was mostly avoided <laughs> during um, the live stream. It's been confirmed that the phone will be running um, the, the uh Huawei's um, branded version of Android, their their skin of it, but it is based on the Android open source project. So in terms of usability, um, it's going to be fine like other Android phones, but the only thing is the availability of Google apps and services such as the Google Play Store, which is a big unknown (laughs) thanks to the ongoing um, negotiations. But in terms of the phone, like... If if the Google services aren't rolled out on the phone, it is still a very, very appealing um, device. 
and one that um, Google would definitely be missing out on if their services weren't on there. I think Google and Huawei both have something to lose if the blacklist isn't lifted. In terms of specs, they have loaded these phones with features, I think, partially to be like, okay, sure, we, we don't have guaranteed access to um, Google Apps, but this is what else we have. So just the Huawei Mate 30 has a uh, 4,200 milliampere battery, um, while the Mate 30 Pro has 4,500, which is quite a, a massive, <laughs> a massive battery for such a slim phone. Um, it's definitely in line with the the more powerhouse phones. And my own experience with Huawei is that not only will the batteries be um, large in terms of their capacity, but they'll actually perform really well. So they tend to perform better than a Samsung with the same size battery. They've also included wireless supercharging. So you can now charge the phone wirelessly at 27 watts, which seems a bit abstract, but it's basically no other phone can charge that fast wirelessly. And the 40 watt supercharge, which is basically the kind of charging capacity you'd get for a laptop. Um, in terms of the camera setup, the, the Mate 30 Pro basically has a quad camera system, so four lenses on its main camera. Um, two of those lenses are 40 megapixels and will allow for um, 4K video recording as well. Um, and then an 8 megapixel close-up camera and then a 3D depth sensing camera, which basically improves things like portrait mode in videos and um, the bokeh effect in general photography. Um, and then the, the plane Mate 30 also, uh, it has its super sensing triple camera. So it's split up between a 40 megapixel, 16 megapixel and 8 megapixel lens. Um, so it's very similar, uh, a little less powerful than the, the Mate 30 Pro. And it doesn't have that 3D depth sensing camera. Okay. But in terms of, of an ordinary person just using it every day, it's very powerful and likely to make your shots look amazing. <laughs> and then, So yeah. I suppose the big question is, would you buy one? I am very tempted and stuff, obviously on contract, because I wouldn't be able to dish out all that money at once, um, especially the Mate 30 Pro. Um, and the fact that uh, Huawei is trying to find workarounds for the Google app availability, because my main thing that I would miss would be things like Google Assistant. Um, and they're actually looking, they, they're officially supporting um, like sideloading of apps and um, they're not, they're going to allow you to, to bypass the, the bootloader, um, which most phone manufacturers don't do. So they really are trying to get people um, the kind of best experience they can get. So it's definitely like I'm looking at my, my phone and I'm like, but I, but I want the better one. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I think it's still going to be a good proposition for a lot of people, especially for those who don't use um, or rely heavily on Google services. And they've already, they're rolling out things like Highcar, which are um, will act as an alternative to Android's driving app. Then certainty is definitely one of those things that makes you pause. 
um, because it would be hands down I'd get this phone if the Google apps would definitely support it. Whereas there's a bit of a pause now with all this uncertainty, but oh. it's, it's it's still definitely a a compelling <laughs> handset. Okay. Um, so when's the Huawei Mate 30 and the accompanying phone released? It's, again, with the uncertainty, doesn't have a set release date, but um, it's expected to be around November. I think they're right. giving a little bit more time for the negotiations to come through. Um, but, yeah, they haven't haven't set a date, but it's it should be around November. Okay. Uh, so that's the phone to look out for. Undoubtedly, we're going to move on to a another phone-related topic. Uh, there was a hack which targeted iPhone devices via websites. It was detected by Google's Project Zero security analysis uh, program. Websites were able to hack iPhones um, using zero-day vulnerabilities. It's basically a vulnerability that hasn't been reported and is soon fixed. Um, 14 different vulnerabilities were used by hackers combined into a, what are known as attack chains, which is a series of vulnerabilities uh, that are uh, exploited one after the other in quick succession. Now, this has since been fixed, but you need to ensure that your iPhone is up to date running the most recent version. You should be on iOS 12.1.4 or later to be immune to the attack. Uh, iOS and Mac products at large aren't widely prone to um, security threats. This is uh, one of the most significant because it's, um, it, it has used the, um, the chain method of attack. It could be the start of something else um, in terms of, you know, this could be a watershed moment for hackers attempting to um, subvert iPhone devices that have not been jailbroken. Uh, it is something that we'll have to wait and see. But um, the main takeaway from this is you need to have updated your iOS, your phone, your iPhone or your iPad up to the most recent version in order to be protected from this threat. Ah, <laughs> always strange to get an iOS-based security topic to discuss uh now i've just pressed a button which i didn't need to press so let's just move on to uh rockstar games has launched a launcher a game launcher uh so this is a kind of a um a bit like steam or origin or Uplay. all of these things um launch games by the associated publisher or in the case of steam and good old games um they're on that marketplace. Uh, Rockstar's launched their own. And to celebrate this, if you haven't already, because it's been out a while and has been free quite a few times, you can get a copy of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas free. Now, Megan, have you played San Andreas? Uh, maybe very far in the past. Mm. <laughs> Once upon a time. Yeah, um, I started but... playing it. I think this is the one that starts off with your main character on a bike. I remember mm. right. And there was just too much storyline dialogue at the beginning for me. I basically <laughs> failed and I've never been back to it since. Yeah, I think uh, I played on on console at one point um, on a friend's device briefly. Um, but I haven't had in-depth kind of coverage of the game. I, I have 
I have to admit, I'm a bit um, hesitant when it comes to standalone launches. So, I mean, I'm tempted by Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. It looks like it could be a fun thing, especially I grew up playing the first GTA games. But um, I'm a bit concerned with launches and their, their security concerns when they get your payment details and accidentally leak them. As well as um, falling into the the general microtransaction ecosystem that Rockstar Games is leaning heavily into lately. Well, do you know what? There is a single game that they have released, which is set to be launched on PC. If rumours are to be believed, and I think that is the reason why they've decided to do this now. Mm. Um, which is Red Dead Redemption Two, and the. Uh, the, the apparent remastering of Red Dead Redemption, the original, I think that's why they're doing this now and they haven't done it previously. I think they've got mm. a great opportunity to push this now, so that's why they're doing it now. Do you know, what's your favourite GTA game? Um, uh, I enjoyed the idea of GTA 5, but, I mean, all my memories are with GTA 2, which was still a top-down, <laughs> just <laughs> running around causing chaos. I spent hours on that as a kid so yeah. well i have two yeah and it's a toss-up between vice city and gta london mm, i didn't and even the, know there was a london yeah there's a london it's either gta or gta 2 there's a london pack and it's vaguely based on like british gangster movies like long good friday um the the italian job mm. uh, uh the, um, there's a Michael Caine one as well. There's all the car chasing. There's great music on the game as well, and yeah, it's just so fun and atmospheric and a bit cheeky. No, it's good. It's a good game. Um, mm. Like you say, top down as you mentioned earlier, but uh, yeah, it's worth playing if you haven't played it already. Uh, it's just fun. It's a fun game. Yeah, and I think when they get the um, remaster of Red Dead Redemption, the original, I think that's going to be a massive draw for. A lot of players, especially those who missed out on the first game, because there are those games that you realize are great and you want to go back to them, but they they feel so janky now <laughs> if you yeah, play them yeah, on yeah. PC. That a remaster really helps, because you don't want to be that kind of person who looks at a game's graphics and judges it on that. But I mean, it is quite jarring to to play a game from the 2000s. It is. It's strange, isn't it? Because you can play a game from the 90s or the 80s without being taken out by the graphics. Yeah. So go on. Oh, it feels purposeful with 8-bit graphics and that kind of thing. It's... Yeah. It, it's now it's an aesthetic now that newer games still use, but when it comes to games that are trying to be photorealistic but failing abysmally, <laughs> it's yeah. very jarring. It is, it is, it is. So that's uh, Rockstar's games launch, uh, which comes with a free copy of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. You can already play GTA 5, GTA 3, GTA Vice City, the, possibly the best. And such an amazing voice cast. Uh, Bully Scholarship Edition, L.A. Noir, and Max Payne 3. And there are no doubt many more on their way from Rockstar Games over coming months. We move on now to some sad news, and that is MoviePass, the, um, who's been in trouble for a long time, has finally closed. Uh, it launched in 2011, aiming to give cinema goers a chance to watch movies at home uh, for a set fee. 
2017, they started off in unlimited movies for just $10 a month. But um, because people were watching one hell of a lot of movies, um, <laughs> Movie Pass has basically run out of money. And so that's the end. There are alternatives out there. If you have a Movie Pass account, um, you know, unless it gets bought and revived and coaches are honored um that's pretty much the end of it and there are alternatives uh amc stubbs alias regal unlimited cinemark movie club um there you know there's obviously some support from movie pass for the movie industry but my own feeling is if you're interested in seeing new movies get down to your local independent cinema and watch the movies there Mm. that's that you know that's the best option for sustainability um of local jobs local industry and it also sends a message to the big movie chain uh cinema chains that perhaps not everyone wants to go to the uh the multiplex and spend seven pounds on a 50p bag of popcorn <laughs> or ten dollars on a one dollar bag of popcorn yeah mm. so um yeah, that's um, sad end for MoviePass. A uh, bit disappointing, really. But, you know, these things do happen. Um, in related news, because um, you might be thinking, well, oh, there goes MoviePass, I'll just watch Netflix. And, you know, you can get new movies on Netflix and Amazon, particularly if they've been funded by Netflix and Amazon. There are original new movies on there. But Netflix has announced that Seinfeld, classic US comedy, will be available to stream on the platform in two years' time, from 2021. Um, so you have plenty of time, uh, plenty of time to uh, rewatch Friends uh, a, a good um, five or ten <laughs> further times uh, in the meantime. And uh, yes, yeah, so I mean, it's something to look forward to. I think there's going to be more interesting content before then. It's strange that it's a, a two year delay. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, one might think, wouldn't it be a better idea for Netflix to be sort of like getting big hitting titles sooner rather than in two years time now although netflix is losing friends in 2020 and office in 2021 uh disney plus is coming along with a ton of star wars and marvel comics based content um which could seriously dent netflix so Mm. it'll be interesting to see how this all pans out uh no predictions here uh, what do you what do you think of that, Megan? Um, I I went to a Disney showcase and saw what they have lined up on their their Disney service, and it's quite the offering considering um after the Fox acquisition they they own so much it's actually mind boggling. Um, I I do enjoy Netflix because I I feel it's original content while while not always stellar definitely gives opportunities to like new types of films you know it's not the same studio interference you might see at at other picture houses so I do enjoy seeing this kind of different stuff that's coming out on Netflix but I don't like enjoy really um how each streaming service is kind of um, or not each streaming service, each uh, content provider is essentially launching their own um, streaming service, which is just kind of putting us back into the whole having to subscribe to different 
cable plans and that kind of thing all over again. Um, even, I mean, Disney owns a controlling stake in Hulu, but now they're launching their own streaming service as well. And I, I feel that it's going to become very fragmented and the cost and benefits of streaming is going to rise quite significantly if you want, if you're going to be subscribing to HBO and Disney and Netflix and Amazon and all those things. Um, I definitely think people are going to be switching between um, services depending on what they want to watch. So one month they'll subscribe to Netflix, cancel, then move to Amazon Prime the next month. Um, And I I do kind of think it it could be self-defeating and that uh, piracy is still not going anywhere. And I think... This kind of drives a lot of people to to not want to pay for content anymore. Yeah, um, I would, I would so largely agree with you. Mm. Yeah. I, I can't see this doing anything to stop piracy. Uh, I think it's probably going to encourage it. Yeah, definitely. Especially with, I mean, there's also Google Play movies as well. And then all the licensing deals as well that, that create um, inconsistency as to how things are rolled out um, in different countries. So, so a market like South Africa, we only have three streaming providers currently, and Disney has no plans to to launch it yet. Um, and again, yeah, that just drives people. People aren't going to wait several years to legitimately watch the latest Marvel film or stream the latest Marvel film. Yeah. So it is a bit of a worrying trend. Um, I do like that Netflix is continually trying to find new ways to to monetize things because the original. Productions are very costly, um, but yeah, I, I would I would also like more agreements <laughs> between the different streaming channels so that it doesn't become so fragmented. Because even like Netflix for us doesn't have the Office anymore, for example, and I would love to be able to stream that and something that's rewatchable every few years. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting to see how Netflix is coping, finding the next old <laughs> kind of popular series that they can use. But I guess we'll see in the next few years how things go. Yep, um, no doubt the uh, facts will transpire as we push further through time, as we do on a second-by-second basis every <laughs> single day. And um, if that is something that causes you to forget things and you're not sure what we've spoken about so far in this week's really useful podcast, worry not. We include show notes with every show. So you'll be able to uh, check on, make use of, or on iTunes or on Stitcher or on Transistor or wherever you find the podcast and find a link to what we have discussed so far. We're going to move on now to some fascinating educational YouTube channels that uh, will waste your time in a more productive way. <laughs> There's one, um, I'm going to quickly list through it. We have half as interesting, five minutes of fascination. Second thought, going beyond fact. We have wonder why, detailed explainers about geography and history. Business casual, how corporations shape our world. And a word I'm going to struggle to pronounce, Swevener, <laughs> or Swevener. <laughs> The animated <laughs> history of, and uh, th- th- I say nice selection of videos uh, compiled by our colleague Mia Patka. And uh, did any of those stand out to you? I mean, I have one I would like I would add to that list, um, which is the um, Maddie Moat channel on YouTube, which she's aimed more at um, sort of uh, 
school-age children, but she does excellent explainers. Mm. Uh, so she, she's worth checking out. She's really good and, and really engaging to watch. Uh, my children love watching her. But um, from that list of me here, is there anything that stands out to you? I haven't actually come across any of these, and I'm quite a, a YouTube nerd when it comes to the types of things I watch. So it's definitely um, something new that I'd like to check out. I mean, I love things like history. Um, this business casual is really enticing um, because, yeah, it's uh, I've been increasingly kind of aware of how corporations and businesses have been kind of inserting themselves into the way the world develops. Um, and, yeah, things like Wonder Why. Um, currently, what I tend to watch is the Kursesacht channel, which is, again, an animation explainer-type channel. Um, they look at a, a broad range of topics, but especially things like explaining um, the... What is that? Uh, that whole... Um, yeah, my, my brain's gone blank. The the paradox of, um, I forgot what it's called exactly, but uh, things like certain paradoxes, um, trends, that kind of thing, especially science. Um, yeah, and it's just a, a range of very interesting things. Um, there was also an explainer on what um, GMOs are. So just such a broad range of t uh, topics that I enjoy, but they, their output is rather slow because they... They spend so much time on the, the animation. But, I mean, I'd always kind of encourage people to, to check out these channels, obviously reputable ones <laughs> that get things right, um, just to, to know more. It always helps to know more, to understand trends, mm. and to be more informed. Absolutely. I um, I mean, I'm reading this list, I discovered that I've spent far too much time watching Colin Firth build ridiculous contraptions <laughs> um, rather than finding out interesting things on YouTube. Although my children, they do tend to watch a uh, Minecraft YouTuber called Jelly a lot who is kind of um, funny and fun and my, my son's learning loads about Minecraft from watching it. Uh, he's also probably possibly learning some bad habits about um, how, how not to treat people who you play Minecraft with. But uh, that's another <laughs> matter entirely. Uh, we'll move on. That's um, five fascinating educational youtube channels to keep you engrossed uh 15 things you didn't know you could do on instagram is a big list and we're not going to go through all of them um this is by emma roth what we are going to look at are ways that you can manage kind of um the app and your privacy and to keep things kind of nice and tidy in those respects so um, first of all there's where you can get post notifications from the people you follow um simply click on the following drop down then notifications and then toggle post stories and video notifications and so on and post notifications can also be disabled though uh usefully another thing you might want to do is remove tags of yourself from photos and mm. uh, this is something that a lot of people do on facebook um for similar re for reason you might not want to be notified you might want to get notification comments might not want people to, to know that that's you uh so when you see a photo and with that you've been tagged in you select your username then select hide me from post or hide from profile and you can also now i like this next one when i find it <laughs> is 
to i mean there is an option to make your instagram posts more interesting which more people should do but we're not going to discuss that and uh, maybe we'll <laughs> save that for another time um which is to mute stories from certain users the whole stories thing really annoys me mm. it's like it's a social media phenomenon that's come along as a feature i don't care about it at all it really annoys me so to see that there's a mute mute story option in instagram is awesome uh, for mm. me um are you an instagram user yes but but not a power user <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i definitely don't use all the features i just basically like to look at photos that make me feel good and share nice images of travel related things or tech related things um so i'm definitely not all about those stories um or even very creative content um it's interesting to know what's out there um but i think it depends on your 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 uses for instagram mine is still very (laughs) low-key Um, but I definitely do like the the ways that uh, Instagram's kind of become more user friendly in some ways. I mean, it's definitely less user friendly in some ways. But um, things, yeah, like the filtering comments. If you do have a big account and you tend to to get faced with harassment or something, that that's that's a good thing to have. Um, the data saving because Instagram loves to chew up data, <laughs> and yeah, and tagging yourself. I, I definitely like those things, um, especially yeah. if you get spammed. Yeah, yeah. I um, I have two accounts on Instagram that I care to mention. One of them is a personal account, which is basically linked to Facebook, and then I just take a photo of my kids, filter it, and send it to my Facebook page where only friends can view it, and I have a very small circle of friends who are mostly people I work with and relatives or people I have worked with who I'm still in touch with, um, mm. you know, it's, quite a small group of people really um and then the other one is um related it might be called the gadget monkey i'm not sure uh but its purpose is well i say its purpose its purpose is to do an instagram account but what i use it for is uh, when i'm doing reviews i'm um, for make use of hardware reviews i almost always do a bit on my phone because it's easier to get the phone into a particular angle than it is to get the dslr into that angle or whatever and then i will share a little clip from that as a teaser of what i'm reviewing Mm. but that's pretty much it i have noticed about instagram though the majority of like as you say power instagrammers there must be a better (laughs) term for that power grammars power grammars anyway these they're all gorgeous aren't they they're almost yes. all under 30 and gorgeous, or they're Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's definitely that going on. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, which is, um, yeah, you won't often see my face on Instagram. Uh, let us move on to our final topic on this week's really useful podcast, which is 10 amazing discounts you can get with a free .edu email address so if you studied or worked at a higher education institution in the u.s then you've probably got a dot edu email account that's an email account that ends in dot edu and this gives you various perks and discounts um, dan price has uh, compiled a list of these i'm just going to go through them pretty quickly uh, amazon prime you will get 50 percent off you also get a six month free trial before that 
which is like that's awesome. Um, <laughs> Adobe Creative Cloud a sixty percent discount. That's Spotify odd. Premium Students that gives you fifty percent off. Office three six five, uh, which is Microsoft's uh, Office suite via the web, which includes online versions, uh, $2.50 a month. Um, the GitHub student developer pack is totes free. Um, there's some other tools that are associated with that that are discounted. Uh, $5 subscription to the Washington Post. Uh, depends on what you're studying, I suppose, whether you want that one. There's also a, a $2 subscription to the New York Times. For students, um, teachers, however, $4 a month. Cell phone plans from uh, the big four American cell phone carriers, AT&T, Sprint, Verizon, and T-Mobile, all offer discounts. Google Drive also offers you a discount. Uh, for instance, the top 30 terabyte package costs $6 a month. And Apple will give you $200 off or up to $200 off on Mac hardware with its education pricing program. So this is a little bit complicated. So you can save $100 on a MacBook Pro, $50 on an iPad. You can also pick up Apple Pro apps bundle, which includes Final Cut Pro X, Logic Pro X, Motion 5, Compressor 4, Mainstays 3 for $199, and get 50% discount on iDrive storage. And you can get Apple Music free for six months, and then $4.99 per month after that. And there are more ways that you can get discounts with a .edu email account. Um, that's awesome. Um, it's great that students get these um, discounts. Well, I mean, the cynical among us might say, well, these are just ways to uh, hook them into that particular ecosystem. And yeah, obviously there is an element of truth to that. But at the same time, uh, one would expect that the products of the world's top educational establishments to be able to think for themselves. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's kind of like, well, you are going to gravitate towards the things that are going to save you money You're, if you're a student or even a millennial. <laughs> you want to save money. So if if others wanted to get in on that, they could also offer the discounts. Um, it definitely helps. So it, it works. <laughs> and you can always choose your own things, but cost is definitely a major selling point. Absolutely. Uh, so um, just to recap um, this week's really useful podcast, we've discussed um, the Huawei Mate 30 phones, how websites have hacked iOS and the free games you can get with the Rockstar Games launcher for PC. We've looked at the MoviePass crash and Netflix acquiring the rights to stream Seinfeld in a couple of years' time. Um, we've also looked at some fascinating educational YouTube channels, some things that you didn't know you could do with Instagram, and some awesome discounts if you're a student or otherwise hold a .edu email address. Now, what I would like to do is uh, give you some reviews of the show that we've had, but we haven't had many reviews of the show. So if you could find us on Transistor or on Player FM or on iTunes on any of those key podcasting servers and leave us 
a review and a rating that would be great and if you want to get in touch with us with any questions we will be happy to uh, read them out and discuss them and maybe solve them or invite further comment from yourself or other listeners the really useful podcast is the tech podcast for technophobes and we're available in any of those places i just mentioned we're also on google podcasts or even on youtube so you can find us there and subscribe and if you know someone who would benefit from our approach to dealing with the often complicated topic of technology and how it uh, increasingly integrates with day-to-day life then uh, put them in our direction a big thank you to megan ellis for joining us for this week's show thanks for having me and a big thank you to you dear listener We'll be back next week with another really useful podcast. Until then, it's goodbye.